First in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Well, welcome, everyone, to Spouting Off. This is a show we do. Yes, I'm Karen Cataline, by the way. Always a pleasure, always honored and grateful to be behind the microphone talking about the issues of the day, exercising my First Amendment rights and encouraging you to do the same wherever and whenever you can. We all have a much larger sphere of influence than we think, and people listen to those they know, those they respect, and so don't hesitate. Uh, let's, Let's make spouting off something positive, which it is, which is communication uncensored. Sure, it's nice to be nice and polite, but right now we're living in times in which only one side, only one side, except the enablers in the establishment Republican Party, thinks that uh, it's okay to to censor and shut down their opponents. Only one side does not believe in dissent. So in service of, just to change the subject, in service of the ongoing examination and exploration that I've been doing around resilience for people who love liberty and love this country, because we're living in a chronic kind of uh, discontent in this country. We Sure, we have hope, and we're going to get to some of the good news that is going on, and there's more than one might think that's important for resilience. But I worry sometimes because I have seen people I know, relatives, friends who are starting to really in some cases, crack under the pressure of what I call the curse of awareness. That's what I call it. And it all ended whenever you had that curse of awareness, when you realized something was wrong in our country. There are people in this country that hate this country so much. They want to bring it down and uh, remake it in a Marxist socialist God forbid, we're going to talk about that with our first guest about the World Health Organization and the competing number of entities that seem to want to control you and me. But let's let me just stay with this idea of people that we know love this country, people who love the principles on which this country was founded, which is first and foremost, and that's why it's number one, and there's five pillars of the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights, and that is individual freedom and personal responsibility. Without that, you don't have America as it was founded. This uh, respect for other people's rights to disagree, to dissent, to live their lives differently than you do if it doesn't hurt anyone else, you can disapprove. There's nothing wrong with that. But to make a law to force people to live as you want them to live, As I am fond of saying, 
God himself gave us free will. We should never expect less from our government. And so how do we build this kind of uh, mental health positive uh, resilience? And, And I don't mind telling you that I sometimes feel like I uh, am feeling the weight of the enormity of what we are watching. I can't escape it completely, and I wouldn't encourage anyone to escape it completely, although we do have to take breaks. <laughs> that being said, what what are some of the building blocks of mental resistance? Certainly, many people talk about faith as one of their primary things. They look to God, you know, that God that uh, uh, gives us free will. We we have humility enough to recognize that we are not God in the universe, and we don't want to be God and Lord over other people. Sadly, what is causing this level of hate and discontent are a growing number of people who have been exposed. They were like this all along, but they've been exposed as people who really want to be God in their universe, which is their prerogative. I think reality will knock them on the head, but they want to be God in your universe and in mine. That is, I guess, part of the spiritual war that I see going on. And it allows for religious pluralism because America does. America is a religiously pluralist country. So you might hear me say, God, or whatever you conceive God to be. Um, The left and these haters, these nihilistic haters, uh, resent God, I think. I think they hate God because God says there are limits. (laughs) to your power, and there must be. So it's very obvious. Every communist Marxist regime has tried to eradicate God. I thought it was an anathema to anybody's understanding that you could manipulate and control people's beliefs and tell them what they are and are not allowed to believe. But we know that uh, in certain uh, historical times, people of faith be they Jews or Christians or even Muslims, but but Jews and Christians had to practice their faith in his, in secret, in private, because the state told us or told them that they were not allowed to practice it. So among those things that uh, involve resilience is recognizing that our fears are real. We can't allow fear to run us or control us. But I'm quite fascinated with the fact that America, we have had such blessings of liberty in this country. We have had so much, uh, uh, so many blessings of liberty, living in relative peace and prosperity, that Whenever there's a discussion of fear, we automatically think it's paranoia. We automatically think that our fears are unfounded, they're self-generated, they're an overreaction. It's an unwarranted kind of fear because, well, you just have to, you know, that old new age thing, feel the fear and do it anyway. Well, what if our fears are real? What if our fears are huge? I mean, they are huge about the 
safety and security and sovereignty of the United States of America? What if they are our fears for children living in a safe environment and being able to have some level or at least the level of uh, liberty that we've had, have the blessings of liberty in America? What if we're afraid, as I am and many Christians are, the safety and security of the state of Israel? What if we have fear that evil, and if you're a person of faith, you won't think this happens permanently, but that evil will go unpunished and that evil will prevail, which it has for many, many times in the history of mankind when evil was allowed to run rampant. Well, I believe that it's important first to recognize that your fears are not unfounded, and that's the first step in handling them. So, I'm thinking about a title here. I don't know, maybe I'll write something or maybe I'll just do an audio (laughs) op-ed like I'm doing right now. Is it phobic or is it prescient? Are you prescient because you recognize the signs of early tyranny or are you phobic and you shouldn't trust your feelings? No, I, having come from a mental health background, it's very important to honor your feelings, recognize whether they're based in reality or not, and then recognize that there's still so much we don't know. And then, only then, can you handle the fear and manage it. There is just no value in being so catatonic that you can't move, Uh, but there's a balance between recognizing our feelings and not letting them run us. And I say this for the some of the friends I have in my life who are in a state of depression about what's going on in the world. Uh, and it's it's easy to do when you see before your very eyes, I would say, my dear father who loved this country and was a patriot, I'm almost glad he's not here to see what's happening today. That doesn't mean it's hopeless, but it means... It's quite important to pay attention to the fact that your fear is telling you something is wrong. We'll have to leave it there. There's really a lot more to say about that. So many issues I didn't cover, but boy, we have some great guests lined up to talk about the issues of the day. This is Karen Catalina. You're listening to Spouting Off on the KRN Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and use the promo code RAM and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? 
Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question, and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline got her parents to name her Karen before she was born so she could grow up to be a punchline. Now here's more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off. And I'm your host, Karen Cataline. So we got some big subjects to talk about with our next guest, uh, we talk so much about the World Health Organization, the Great Reset, uh, these things that seem so incomprehensible that there could be, oh my, that much evil and that much intent to control uh, the world. <laughs> and, and they're telling us they want to control the world. But here to talk about that and some of the ways that we might be able to address this this overwhelming uh, kind of power and evil, which which can't be, which which 
can be stopped. We have to start thinking about how is my next guest. His name is Dr. Mark Sherwood. He was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. His time was spent in law enforcement and at the Functional Medical Institute helping thousands of patients. He and his wife have successfully treated 10,000 COVID, 10, COVID patients, resulting in zero deaths. He is a former Oklahoma state and regional bodybuilding champion, uh, ex-professional baseball player, and a 24-year retired veteran of the Tulsa Police Department, where he logged a decade of courageous service on the department's SWAT team. Thank you so much for your service, Dr. Mark Sherwood. Glad to have you on Spouting Off. Karen, it's great to be here. I appreciate what you do, so I'm super honored to be with you and have our conversation. Oh, that's too kind. I appreciate what you do. What a resume and what an important work you're doing now to help people make sense of these threats to us that, well, very frankly, uh, many parts of our government seem to be enabling, and that's being kind. Let's talk first about the Tenth Amendment. As you put it, it is our strength, and it can help us fight against the World Health Organization. Talk about that. Well, a lot of people have kind of forgotten the Tenth Amendment and the actual meaning and therefore its application and purpose. But let's break it down basically with what it says. It says, in effect, and I'm heavily paraphrasing for the sake of the audience understanding, is that any powers not specifically delegated to the United States and the Congress, therefore, are retained respectively with the states or the people. Now, we, we, so, so the states um, and the people's powers are broad and really undefined. Now, having said that, what powers were given to the United States and the Congress? There's 18 listed in Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution. 18, Karen, not mm-hmm. 1,800 like they think and like we want to believe, but mm-hmm. 18. The president actually has less powers than Congress, and so we've given the president this inferred authority. So having said that, our Tenth Amendment can be said like this in a way everyone will understand. The states and the people in those states are the parent. The federal government is the child. Those roles must be solidified, understood, and applied once again, because as we know in a family, if you give the child too much power, in other words, give them a Maserati with no driver's license and a key and a blank credit card, Mm -hmm. they're going to hurt themselves and you. Yeah. Wow. So we know this. We Even people who didn't have a tremendous civics education know that we have gone off the rails in abusing the power the Constitution and its restraints gives government, but they're doing it anyway. So let's cut to the chase on this one because there's so much great stuff to talk about. How do we affect this uh, to return to this with a corrupt government that we're watching brazenly break the law and change the meaning of rights even. They take away rights we know are in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. and they bestow rights that aren't, 
with so many usurpations of the government that we can see, uh, the corruption has run rampant. How do we practically make this happen? Well, from a practical standpoint, first of all, we need to know how they're doing it. What's their primarily weapon of choice? And it's called money. It's called printing money that doesn't have the backing, <laughs> and they give it to the states, and then these politicians take it and use it. And it's much like saying, like, if, if I were the government and you were the state, I'd say, all right, Karen, we're going to give you this, um, you know, $20 billion, and this is what it's for. And so I'm basically controlling your actions. So it's done through this sort of high level, we can use the word bribery type. Of bribery. Thing. That's the way it works. Bribery yeah, and blackmail. You betcha. That's it. Totally. And yeah, yeah. Love of money. And then, so how do we combat it, practically speaking? We, as states... I'm talking specifically as governors, and, and to stand the guard, we have to be prepared to not take that money and therefore exist as the Constitution intended, as these separate sovereign entities called states that sort of have this flavor of the way they do business. They all have a governor. They all have a uh, you know this this three prong. They've got the judicial, the legislative, and the executive branches, and then uh, they're supposed to operate independently in, in the way that the founding fathers intended, and not dependent upon one centralized, powered federal government. Isn't it interesting that we can find this kind of bribery and blackmail everywhere you turn with the radical left that is gaining power and which, frankly, controls the Democrat Party? What I'm referring to is the bribery and blackmail that they impose on individual citizens. If you do as we say, I'll take care of you. If you take them, you know, I'm going to offer you little crumbs so you can be dependent on me and the government. Uh, so we can control you. It, it, it very much is an across-the-board tactic, and you put your, your uh, you nailed it there completely. How do we get people en masse to stop accepting the bribe? We have to be prepared not to take the money, number one. We have to realize that it's not just government. It, it, there's, uh, there's kind of three big... Um, controlling entities out here. And when I say it, people are going to go, oh my goodness, you've got big government, which we talked about, which we sort of depend on to take care of our health, um, our wealth, our protection, right? And so we become in bondage the more we take that to them. We forget how to have this uh, self-govern. And then there's the idea of big medicine. Now, big medicine, big pharma, they Mm -hmm. control, they're the largest donor to political campaigns. So they control politics. They also control media. And then you've got one out here that's interesting that most people don't think about. It's called Big Church. Big Church is bound up by the 501c3, which is controlled by the government. So therefore, they don't get involved either, and they become a problem versus a solution in bringing uh, the concept of God back into government which our Republican, our constitutional republic is dependent upon to having this, this uh, sort of moral guidance from divine providence to exist. And so I think the solution lies in the idea that we as people have to get back to the idea that we need to self-govern. In other words, we need to learn that you work for a living, you get paid for your working, and you make decisions on your health, your wealth, 
your emotional health and your spiritual health. Well, Dr. Sherwood, um, it's such an important ideology and, and, and pushing it as you are on talk radio shows and elsewhere is critically important. Color me a little bit skeptical because we've, we've gotten so far out of hand already. Did you ever think, and you've treated COVID patients, that this virus of questionable origin in which we're not allowed to talk about, we talk about it, um, it would be used to impose true tyranny and force and sub- submissiveness, it, the masks and all of that, is something I don't think I ever thought I would live to see in my lifetime. Uh, a global attempt to uh, curb and even rob people of their liberty using the fear and fear-mongering of a virus. So at this late juncture, and you never stop fighting, how do you turn that around? I guess it's kind of like you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Talk about that, because you sound like you are a realist, and yet your principles are right on the money. What do we do now? Well, I am a realist, and I realize that we have transgressed and regressed to the point where I've never seen anything like this either, Karen. I mean, you know, when you get to the point where you're trusting entities that look at you and they say, Karen, you don't know anything about how to care for yourself at all. You're just a stupid idiot. Hold that thought, stupid idiot. We're not. But we got (laughs) to take a quick break, and we're going to have more with Dr. Mark Sherwood right after (laughs) this. Don't go anywhere. We got another segment to come. Hello, I'm Mike Bendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hi, it's Karen Cataline. It's been almost a decade since I wrote Fat Lash Food Police in the Fear of Thin. It's about my early experiences in child beauty pageants and being put on extreme diets. Remember when that was shocking? Sadly, that seems like child's play compared to what we are watching today when politicians and woke corporations are actually advocating for the sexualization of children. Everyone's children. We're watching a frontal attack on childhood innocence. This is one story, my story. Fat Lash illustrates and explains why good boundaries are essential for kids to grow up healthy. They need their parents to set them, not the government. Get Fat Lash today. It's available in paperback or ebook at Amazon or at my website, KarenCataline.com. 
Wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest, Uh-oh. or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of pre-diabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline puts the Judeo in Judeo-Christian. Now back to Spouting Off. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking to Dr. Mark Sherwood, who uh, has such a huge resume. He's treated COVID patients. He has been a uh, veteran, a 24-year-old veteran of the Tulsa Police Department, where he logged a decade of courageous service on the department SWAT team. Uh, And so articulate are you. Thank you so much for uh, staying with us, Dr. Mark Sherwood. Absolutely. Thanks for staying with me. It was funny on the break. You know, even <laughs> the word stupid idiot. <laughs> but but what I was saying was this. this, this is <laughs> yes. You know, I'm, I'm glad. That's that, just um, where I wanted to pick up where we left off. Go ahead. That was great. <laughs> um, you know, we we want to ha- keep some hope alive, right? You know, and, and oh. it's, it's certainly in a in a very perilous time. You know, we have Karen, and we all know that. We all know we're in this treachery, this tyranny, this sort of grown to this gargantuan place it is. However, here's some hope for people. Our Declaration of Independence was signed by only 56 people. Isn't that fascinating? 56 people led the way and gave us the opportunity for us to have a show like Spouting Off. Isn't that cool, right? Yes. So the bottom line is there's hope. As long as we have voice and life, we have hope. Mm-hmm. And there's millions yeah. of people out here that are knowing we're at the position we're in and knowing full well that we have to stand up now. And so I'm going to keep hope alive. You are, and I know all the listeners are as well. So we, we have hope. Let's hang on to it. 
<laughs> exactly. And it's right in line with the monologue I gave before you came on the air that I am quite fascinated with the whole notion of uh, mental toughness and resilience for patriots, because this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And people, because I used to do mental health treatment, people are, uh, sometimes they are cracking under the pressure and fear of what we what we're watching in front of us but but i want to take you can comment on that if you like but i want to move on if i may to the world health organization i mean we hear these names the great reset world economic forum davos um are there factions that are in conflict all these factions that seem to have been watching too many bad sci-fi movies and they want to control the world. That seems to be, that's always been the cheesy plot of a lot of Hollywood sci-fi bad movies. And here we're living in it. So uh, help us maybe pull that apart a little bit. Can they fight each other and leave us all the heck alone or what? Well, Okay, so let's go back, you know, uh, to, you know, biblical principles. We have this um, uh, this being called Satan who's been cast down to earth, and he controls the earth with this, um, this vengeance and this ideology that's all about uh, fear, death, lack, sickness, etc. And he controls it uh, to the point where people can bow down to him or not. Uh, Jesus was led off into the desert to be tempted. Um, after baptism by John the Baptist, and I'm giving biblical oversight here, but this gives a picture. Well, of Christian of biblical oversights, which is just fine. We have a huge Christian ob- audience, so go for yeah, it. Sorry. so Jesus is led off, and um, you know he is tempted three times. But one temptation was from Satan, you see all these kingdoms, bow down to me, and I'll give them all to you. And so Jesus didn't refute the idea that he had those kingdoms. So there is an evil entity that's at work, and it's supposed to be at work, and these people have just bowed down to that, I suppose. And so this entity is out there, this globalist, elitist, world domination, one world currency, one world government, one world authority, one world health, yada, yada, yada. It is out there indeed. And with with Biden as um, naive, stupid, uh, whatever you want to call him, probably all, I guess, maybe, I don't know, but I don't know the man, but for him to think that he can negotiate a treaty with the WHO, first and foremost, people need to understand, listeners, get this, that is unconstitutional under this idea that under the Tenth Amendment, the 18 powers that are enumerated specifically for the Congress, our health is not one of them. So he has no constitutional authority to negotiate health. And then, according to Article 2, Section 2 of the same Constitution, he has to have two-thirds approval of the Senate for that treaty as well. So he didn't. he's negotiating something that he doesn't have authority to have. We've never given up to him, so it doesn't apply to the states. The states need to hang on to it, and I'm encouraging all governors, all sheriffs, to you know look at the WHO and say, who do you think you are? Get out. Who do you think you are? We should make a song like that. Who? Oh, no question. Do you think you are who? <laughs> it sounds like who's on first. 
Um, I want to add here, Dr. Mark Sherwood is with us. So, so valuable to have you. And and you totally get it. And more and more people are, quote, getting it every day, or what I call having the curse of awareness about what's going on. But I would be remiss if I didn't also ask you to kind of connect the dots with as if everything you said isn't enough. There is a palpable cheapening of life. There is this notion that they are God. They can decide who lives lives and who dies. And they seem to be, when these words come out of my mouth, I'm always still kind of shocked. They seem to be dedicated to depopulation. And since I happen to put the Judeo and Judeo-Christian, there's another word for depopulation. It's called genocide. Talk about it, if you would. Yeah, there's no question. They have been very bold about that. You read some of the statements from uh, Bill Gates, for example, talking about we. they don't think that the world, as we know it, can sustain the population growth. Well, obviously that uh, limit has been reached and surpassed multiple times, so that's just garbage. And uh, from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, we know God created the earth and and created the earth to be inhabited by people and created within the earth things to take care of people. So, again, it's an anti-God, anti-Judean-Christian ideology um, principle that they're, they're articulating here. Um, having said that, uh, and people can stand on this notion, uh, the control that they have is based upon a, a very highly egotistical standpoint. Ego meaning edge God out. So they stand on that principle, meaning they're God and you're not, and they know what's best for you, and they're going to try to control people. So my encouragement for people to put this all sort of in a nice bow is to stand your ground. There are millions of people out there, not hundreds, millions of people out there, and I would venture to guess it's probably in the billions that believe just as we believe. They might not put it into the context, Karen, of the Judeo-Christian terminology, but they just want to live their life and right. not be told that you have to, like, stick something in your arm to to get a job, keep a job, get education, or go to the store. It's silliness. It's, it's insanity, and I'm hoping people will bond together as earthlings, as people, you know, and oh. realize we are fighting a common enemy, and that enemy is that globalist evil ideology that just a few of these people have. Massive numbers of people rising up, which we're seeing all around the world, are going to eventually stand up enough where these people are going to get a little scared and they're going to keep going a little bit harder to push their ideologies. So, you know, when fear gets pushed, fear steps up the attack, but keep the the pushing coming and keep standing your ground. Yeah. Well, that is a good place to kind of end. Tell everybody, we only have, I don't know, about a minute. So tell everybody how they can find you, follow you. You are in practice. You're a naturopathic doctor, correct? Tell us how they can find you. Well, we help people become resilient. Like you said, we work with spiritual, (laughs) emotional, physical health, and uh, people come to us, they get off unnecessary medications, they get diseases reversed, and they get well. Uh, they can find us at Sherwood.tv, and we have people really all around the country that we help. So 
We're here to help you. We want to help you in all areas and would love to be a part of your life to get you equipped to fight the battles that are ahead. Okay. Well, actually, we have about another 30 seconds. Talk about mental resilience since, I mean, that's what I've been talking about. I mean, preventive medicine is one thing. And of course, we have a very short amount of time. So address it from an emotional, psychological standpoint of resilience as well, real quickly, if you can. If we are not equipped emotionally and spiritually to deal with it, our physical health will suffer. Physical, emotional, uh, spiritual run together. There are parallels. And so from an emotional standpoint, if you're not resilient, you're going to be driven around by the emotions of the day. And so we teach people, and you do, how to really balance that structure of life on what is coming at you to interpret it correctly and therefore respond accordingly. There's the music. That was perfect. You must have done this before. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> Mark Sherwood, naturopathic doctor. And um, uh, we, we loved having you on. Thank you. When we Thanks come back, me. thank you. We're going to take a quick break. I'll tell you who we have to wrap up the show. Don't go anywhere. I was asking God through prayer, seeking a good news source. I believe he showed me the epic times. I delivered the mail and came across an issue. The front page intrigued me, and I subscribed. Now I cut out articles and give them to friends and family. I leave old issues at the library and around my community. We read it to our kids and love the positive messages in each article. So why do I think everyone should read the Epic Times? Because they're bringing back traditional values to this great country. Share healthcare. How can I help? help? I missed the deadline. Um, what deadline? The healthcare deadline. I'm locked out. We don't have any deadlines at Share Healthcare. You can enroll with us at any time. Oh, but can I afford it? Share Healthcare programs start at one forty nine a month. Less than five dollars a day. Can I keep my doctor? Absolutely. Pick your own doctor and hospital. Amazing. How do I join? Just visit sharehealthcare.com. Sharehealthcare.com. Sometimes you need a woman's opinion, especially if you're trying to do the impossible, which is to understand women. I'm not really comfortable talking about certain things with women I know or even with family members. I used to wish there was a smart woman who didn't know me, but who would care enough to give me good advice. Now there is. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only, but it's not therapy or phone dating. It's just wise advice. Is completely anonymous because you call and pay through liveadvice.com. So I decided to give it a try. I was amazed at Aunt Emma's insights. She gave me a lot to think about so I could decide what to do next. And maybe she can help you too. Find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or register at liveadvice.com and you can speak to her practically right away. Again, you can find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or you can register at liveadvice.com. Get the female perspective. Just ask Aunt Emma. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only. Must be 18 or older. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think 
parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Sign up for Karen's newsletter and read her columns at KarenCataline.com. Now back to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. So good of you to stay with us here for this edition of Spouting Off. Well, we have with us a congressional candidate in the GOP primary for the 3rd District of Washington State and the only challenger who can knock off Trump impeachment rhino, Jamie Herrera, uh, Herrera Butler, I think is how you pronounce her name. And she, our, our next guest, is weighing in on this whole topic of a good guy with a gun who just saved countless lives and Democrat gun laws will result in more death, not less. Heidi St. John joins us. Thank you so much for joining us here, Heidi, on Spouting Off. Hey, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you, too. I always love that term, a good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun. And I contend that the reason the left doesn't doesn't that doesn't make any sense to them is that they don't believe there's a difference between good guys and bad guys. We're just all the same, don't you know? Uh, talk about this. <laughs> What's that? Well, I say you're right. I mean, they don't even they don't even want to acknowledge that there's differences between men and women. So why should they acknowledge no. the difference between a good guy Such with a gun a and a good, bad guy? It's all the same. That's a good point, Heidi. That's true. There are no differences, no boundaries of any kind. You're just what we say you are. But in fact, there wasn't a lot of press that was given in Indiana to this to this guy who was a heck of a good shot. And save lives, lives, right? Right. Well, if they would have given him press, it would have ruined the narrative that the that the right thing for us to do in light of all of these hor- horrific school shootings is to disarm the American people. Because that guy just showed that a good guy with a gun who knows what he's doing actually saves lives. He was there before the police could have ever gotten there. And after Uvalde, people don't even trust that the police are going to do the right thing immediately when they show up on the scene all the time. Mm. And so why not 
have the narrative out there that when we're trained and we, we know how to properly use a weapon, listen, I go a couple times a year and I get firearms training. I've had my concealed weapons permit for a long time. I spent quite a bit of time at the range a few months ago learning how to use my Glock better because as a woman, I want the right to defend myself. If I'm in a mall and somebody starts shooting, I don't want to feel like a fish in a barrel. I want to feel like a cowboy with a weapon and I can defend myself. And so the left attempt at disarming honest people is disingenuous and it doesn't address the problem. They don't want to talk about the root problem. The problem is not the weapon. The root problems are fatherlessness. In this country, we've been focusing for way too long on the wrong issues in this country. We've got huge issues. Many of them are spiritual at their root. And the only answer that the left has to this is to disarm good people, and it will never work. Well, and not only that, but it's always hard to talk about, but we as conservatives rarely ask the question, what could the motive possibly be to disarm victims and let prisoners out of jail? It's hard to think of a good and decent motive for that, isn't it? Especially in line of what we just spoke about, with our previous guest, depopulation, which there's another word for that, it's called genocide, and a disrespect for innocent life, which we've seen in so many other ways, right? It's time to start connecting the dots, and you in your campaign are doing just that, aren't you? Yeah, it's important to me. You know, I I think it goes back to what we were saying a minute ago about root causes. We do not have a respect for human life in this country. We proved that 50 years ago when the Supreme Court made a disastrous decision that they thankfully just reversed in saying that human life does not have inherent value to it. So all through our school system and in our universities, we're teaching our children that they evolved from an amoeba somewhere, that there's some cosmic accident that they're no different than an animal, that men can be women and women can be men. And then we have mental illness in this country, spiritual crises in this country, and those are not being addressed and they're not being talked about in the public square anymore because, hello, the First Amendment is not being honored and we're not allowed to talk about a lot of these things in the public square anymore. And we're going to continue to see a rise in violent crime until we start, again, valuing human life in this country. Innocent human life is worth protecting. And we need to start talking about it in those terms again, I think. Yes, and I think you're doing just that. It bears mentioning, since we were talking about the good guy with a gun, we don't like to mention the killer's name and give him press, but we're going to mention the good guy with a gun and give him press. Alicia Dickon, 22-year-old man, an amazing shot, had to have Uh, saved countless lives that the left seems to ignore. They don't want to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. Um, Heidi St. John, tell us about your campaign a little bit, because people all across the country now recognize that elections, well, they need to be and should be local. Uh, They matter all across the country. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm running for a federal seat, so my voice in Congress will be a voice of freedom for the entire nation. And I believe in limited government. I'm a mom. I have seven children and four grandchildren. I'm a business owner. I'm a best-selling author. I've written eight books. I don't need this job. So this is not about me needing a platform or me needing money or any of those things. I think that we've forgotten something in this country called duty and honor. We have a duty, a responsibility to protect freedom. It will not protect itself. And when I recognize that the Republican who's sitting in the seat that I'm running for voted against 
funding President Trump's border wall. She voted to, to uh, impeach the president. And, and listen, I'm no fan of President Trump's Twitter account, right? There were a lot of things he said that I, I found myself cringing over. But in terms of his policy and, and uh, advocating for freedom, energy independence, a secure border, law and order, all those things, defense of the unborn, he was a phenomenal president. I could not understand, wrap my head around why a fellow Republican would want to oust him from office when we finally got a Republican in office. And so uh, I'm running to restore freedom and the principles of freedom and limited government. The founding fathers gave the federal government a very limited role in the lives of the American people, and yet they have taken more and more and more freedom away from us. We are dying from a thousand paper cuts. And until we start sending people to the House of Representatives who will advocate for limited government from a federal standpoint, most of these issues should be state issues. The state should have a whole lot more say over the lives of their individuals than the federal government ever does. And so Heidi St. John, uh, for, for forgive me, we have to wrap it up. What a very passionate speaker. I've interviewed you before. So much fun to hear you speak and talk about the issues that matter to you. How can people, uh, learn more about your campaign, maybe even donate, uh, because you asked about this opponent that you're running against. Uh, That opponent, you said, how could she do that? Well, uh, ask Liz Cheney. And people are interested about that race all across the country. How do people find you, follow you? Yeah, thank you. They can find me, uh, Heidi St. John for Congress.com. If you're interested in supporting my run financially, it's support Heidi. My name is H-E-I-D-I. We only have a few days here now until the primary, and we are really trying to get ads on the radio. So we could use the financial support right now. And that's, again, Heidi St. John for Congress.com. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. We so appreciate it. Good luck in your race. That about does it for us here on Spouting Off. Tune in every week for Spouting Off. I'm Karen Catalina, and uh, keep on a spouting off.